Today on the Happiest Mom Podcast, I'm wrapping up the five-part series called The Top Five Steps to Creating a Happier Life. Over the course of this series so far, I've covered visioning and how to bring that vision to life, as well as stress management and beginning to listen to our bodies. Last Friday, I released the fourth episode covering sisterhood and building close relationships with other women. Today's topic is a deeper look at self-care. If you didn't listen to the first episode of this podcast and you're struggling to get on top of self-care, go back and listen to that episode first. It covers my three non-negotiable recommendations to get started. Today's episode is a twist on self-care, and we'll be exploring the deeper question of why we tend to neglect ourselves in this way. So get ready for some thought-provoking questions and things to think about. I can't wait. Why isn't motherhood bringing me as much joy as I thought it would? This is the question I asked myself when my son turned one and I realized that despite having it all, I wasn't happy. After working with hundreds of clients since then, I've discovered that I was not alone in feeling that way. So I've been on a journey working to find the answers to that very question. And along the way, I've uncovered the tangible tools to unlocking who I'm really meant to be by simplifying motherhood and reconnecting to my inner self. Even better, now I am helping you to do the same. Hi, I'm Heather, your host, happiness coach, and motherhood mentor. I'm a corporate dropout turned entrepreneur, wife, mom of two, and dog mom of two. You are listening to the Happiest Mom Podcast where we discuss all things motherhood, marriage, and living your happiest life. So go find your lukewarm coffee, stake out your hiding spot in the closet, and let's get started. I'm so glad you're here with me today. But before I get started on our topic for today, did you know that I am a happiness coach for moms and love helping moms rediscover their joy in motherhood? It's literally my entire mission in life. Yes, Mama, I've coached hundreds of moms on their journeys to getting better sleep, prioritizing their needs, and reconnecting to the woman that they have forgotten is in there, all while still being an amazing mom. So if you want to have me join you on your motherhood journey, let's work together. Sign up for the life-changing Becoming You Vision Board Workshop that's transformed hundreds of women's lives over the last few years. It takes place the week of February 13th this year, and all of the details can be found at heatherreadcoaching.com forward slash happiness. Ooh, I can't wait to dig into this one with you because self-care has been marketed in such a strange way, focusing on the really big actions. The kind of things that feel totally out of touch and unattainable for most of us because we're already so overwhelmed. You know the things, going to the nail salon, getting a massage, a girl's weekend away, a solo trip to the spa, but we have 100% been lied to about what self-care really is. While those things are forms of self-care, They aren't the aspects of self-care that actually make a huge difference in our lives. The big actions, while fun, 
won't move the needle in how we feel day to day if that's all we do. The real game changers are going to be the small actions that we take on a daily basis to make sure we are feeling our best in our bodies so that our mind, body, and soul are nurtured. As I talked about in episode one, regulating your nervous system, getting adequate sleep, and making sure you are eating food that nourishes your body are absolutely mandatory self-care practices. In fact, focusing on just these things alone have dramatically shifted how my clients feel and have allowed them to be able to move into the deeper self-care work. So just know that those starting steps don't have to be where self-care ends. There are so many small ways that we can show ourselves that we love ourselves beyond the basics that I already talked about. But neglecting the basics is a way that I see women sabotage themselves and their happiness regularly. So let's dive into why I believe that happens. There are really two factors at play here. And the first is what was modeled for us as children. Unfortunately, most of us witnessed a model where the mother took on all of the household and child rearing obligations. And during the era of the latchkey kid, this was often alongside moms also working outside the home. At the same time, dads weren't helping around the house. Instead, they'd come home, kick their feet up while dinner was being prepared, I know in my household, my dad would lift the footrest on the lazy boy with the daily paper in hand and quickly take a nap. (laughs) So what we experienced was what we believed to be normal and the expectation, which is that a woman takes care of everything while the man just fulfills his obligation of making money. Womp, womp. When I've coached women... And this was the dynamic in their home growing up. I've asked them, do you think your mom was happy? And when they really sift through their childhood memories, it is heartbreaking to witness them realizing, oh my gosh, no, I don't think they were. So if you grew up with this kind of dynamic and you've been putting this level of pressure on yourself. I encourage you to really reach back into your memories and think about your mom. Did she really seem happy? Because I know mine didn't. And if you find yourself in this model of a relationship dynamic and you're really struggling with it, please know that you are not alone in feeling sad, alone, overwhelmed, and underappreciated. But don't worry, we're going to dive into that topic in more detail in future episodes, all about how you can shift that dynamic. These feelings and beliefs have at this point become so deeply ingrained in our subconscious mind that we're often not even aware that they're impacting our actions and behaviors. One really incredible tool that I've explored as a part of my work with clients is up-leveling their worthiness blueprints. And in this exercise, we dig into what the default worthiness conditioning is for them because it's so unique and different for each person. And then we work on establishing and programming new beliefs. As a part of my one-on-one services, I've had clients on call after call come to me with frustrations or challenges they were dealing with, and they literally quoted their old worthiness conditioning 
during these conversations. So we circle back to it and I give them a gentle nudge to use the tools we've already created to keep working on reprogramming those neural pathways because this stuff is really so deeply ingrained on a neurological level and we have to work on reversing it. So as a starting step for your new worthiness blueprint, I want you to think about the circumstances surrounding your birth. What was going on in the dynamics of your parents' relationship at that time? What was going on in your home? What stories were you told about your birth, family life, etc.? Think back to all of the things you've been told about that time. What was your birth like, right? What was the dynamic of your parents' relationship? Like I mentioned previously, were they fighting a lot because you were born and now suddenly you feel like you're unworthy because you caused your parents to fight a lot. That's just one example. What did you interpret these things to mean? You can either journal on this or meditate with the question in mind and see what comes up for you and what the story has meant to you in your life. So I'm going to give you an example from my own self-exploration because I don't feel comfortable sharing client stories publicly in this format. So as I did a mental dive into what stories I had heard about my birth and the experiences surrounding it, I remembered this story. When my mom was pregnant with me, another woman at her work was also pregnant with a little girl and was due just a little bit after my mom. And as is a common question, the ladies at my mom's workplace asked what each of them were naming their babies. My mom shared my first and middle name. And the other woman said she had not yet decided on a name. Okay, so we're going to fast forward now to after my mom had given birth to me, she'd already taken maternity leave and she was back at work. And she asked the other ladies, okay, so did so-and-so have her baby? And the rest of the ladies told her that she did. Then she asked, what did she name her? And the other ladies glanced awkwardly around at each other. And finally, one of them told my mom that the other baby's name was the exact same first and middle name that she had named me. Then she came to find out that this other woman had quit working at this office to stay home with her baby. So she knew she'd never have to face my mom again. And I always felt so weird about that story. It was framed to me as like a funny story, but it felt odd to me. Who does that? Who copies another person's baby name in that way? Like first and middle. But when I revisited it as a part of this exercise, I realized that I never felt unique in my identity as a child because of this. I'd often think that my name was boring or not good enough. I'd also wonder why I wasn't special enough to be able to have my name be just mine. And I realized that I had a deep fear and trigger around other people copying my work and my ideas. This obviously was so triggering to me as I worked to grow my business and my visibility because I had a number of people copy my work, steal my ideas, and even steal my actual work product. As I worked through this old belief and neutralized it, I no longer feared being visible as much. Hello, TikTok, and hello, new podcast. That's just one example, but I hope it helps give this question a little bit of context. And if you need help with this, I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching around worthiness, and we dive much deeper 
Just head to the links in the show notes for more information about how to apply to work with me. It can be really helpful to revisit work like this as you make progress on your own personal development, because as you grow and evolve, new things will emerge that your brain may not have felt safe enough for you to uncover previously. The first two times I examined this question, I really didn't get anything coming up for me. I thought there just wasn't anything there. Needless to say, the third time I did this exercise, the previously mentioned story and another one came bubbling up and I realized, oh, wow, this is huge. And I knew it was key to unlocking my next level version of myself. So once you've journaled or meditated on this topic and have come up with your old beliefs around worthiness, now it's time to shift them to your new worthiness programming. This will be your new belief around worthiness. You're going to take that old negative belief and flip it to something positive and affirming. So if that old belief was, I'm not special or unique, like I mentioned previously, The new belief might be, I am the only person like me, or I am special because I am me. I recommend putting these affirmations up in places you'll see them frequently, using them in the affirmation section of the Say Yes to You planner, and repeating them to yourself as often as possible each day. The repetition is the key to helping rewire your neuropathways so that these positive thoughts become your new default. I hope this was helpful for you. I'd love to hear from you to hear your thoughts and takeaways. You can always message me on Facebook or Instagram, and I will be back next Monday with another new episode. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the happiest mom podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here. If you'd like more information about how to begin building your happiest life, head to the show notes for the link to download my free guide to the five steps to creating your happiest life. And if you enjoyed this show, make sure to subscribe, give a five-star rating, and leave a positive review. Until next time, friends.